The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. It's Success Happens on 930 WFMD, blending business and politics. Success Happens with your host, Jen Charlton. Good morning and welcome to Success Happens. It's great to be here with you guys today. And I have had, ah, what a week. Beautiful weather, went to a wedding last night. You know, it's always uh, a reminder to go to a wedding and see somebody renew their vows of the importance that it is right now in all the chaos that we're dealing with to be um, committed to our commitments, committed to our commitments. You know, it's not going to be easy, but you got to work through it. So it was a lovely wedding. It was great to be there. Congratulations to Allie and Dan. I, um, I'm excited about today's show, but you know, I, I, I am excited because we have some amazing people joining us. Uh, the first thing I want you guys to know is that we're, covering the food supply issue and interestingly enough i just googled today you know how many uh supply houses have been impacted for the food shortage and they said oh well that's not costing you know of course they got something there that's they fact checked it right that's not causing food shortages that's not what's happening people aren't intentionally destroying the food supply well I have a very good source, uh, Peter Husey, who gave me a, a chat last night and told me, according to a source of his, who I'll, I won't share uh, without his permission, that they have absolute knowledge that this is not only in U.S. And these are people who are consul- consulting the Pentagon and the U.S. government, okay? It's not only happening in U.S. We know that there was a hit in London, and apparently it's also happening in France, So this is a global attack on the food supplies, make no mistake. So regardless of what Google tells you, because you can't trust anything Google tells you, or frankly what they omit, which is more important, uh, if you need to, you want to check information, go to DuckDuckGo. That's the best browser. They don't censor. They will give you the information you seek. So that being said, I, you know, we started last week talking about these uh, attacks on the food supply. And at that time, I believe there were 19, we're well over 20 now. And uh, I had the opportunity to reach out to Heritage Foundation, and they were kind enough to provide us with an expert on policy for the ag industry. And we have him with us this morning. So I'd like to introduce you to Darren Baxt. Uh, welcome to Success Happens, Darren. Yeah, it's great to have you with us, and I know you're traveling and you're fitting us in, and we really appreciate that. Uh, Would you please share with the listeners, first of all, your background and, you know, why are you doing what you're doing at Heritage, and what's your expertise? Yeah, I mean, look, I I care about uh, limited government, uh, freedom, uh, and and liberty, and and. Basically, I've been committed to that for my career in working in public policy. I've worked in a lot of different areas, particularly one area is agricultural policy and just kind of across the food supply chain. I also do environmental policy as well. And also looking at how the government intervenes in a way that kind of hurts our ability to kind of achieve our American dreams. And, you know, working at Heritage Foundation for 
nearly a decade has been been a great opportunity for me and a, and a great place to try to uh, make a difference. Beautiful. Well, we love the Heritage Foundation. So everybody, please support that organization. You can go to heritage.org and donate. They are doing amazing um, gathering of information and, and, frankly, dissemination of information. I particularly like the calls that they do periodically with their members to get us up to speed with what's going on in the organization. So very, um, you know, committed to information being available, which in today's world, as I shared earlier, it's not. So it's so important that we're dealing with truth because if we're not, uh, we are all, frankly, at risk. So let's dive right in, Darren. When we talked last week, um, I had Colby on from the Maryland Farm Bureau, and he shared an interesting statistic or fact which is that the fertilizer costs have gone from $200 a ton to $900 a ton, a 450% increase. Now, I, I don't know over what period of time, but I suspect it's not long enough to justify 450% growth. So what what are you seeing from your perspective? Because we ha- we live in a, a rural area up here. We have we support the ag community, and frankly, they support us. You know, we don't eat if, with without local food and and farming. So, how can you help us understand what they're going through? Yeah, high fertilizer costs have been going on for for a while, um, and it's actually what we're seeing is is kind of like like. American families are feeling across the country is that we have really high prices uh, going on. And when you go to the grocery store, if you think that the prices are going up, the reason why is because they're going up. Uh, you know, we're, we're seeing food prices at the grocery store that are we haven't seen in over 40 years. And in uh, every month, if you look at the last seven months, for example, the, the increase keeps going higher and higher. Uh, so it's very disturbing. And what we're also seeing is not just food, but across the board, and particularly energy, you're seeing higher energy prices. So the year-over-year increase for just energy, the energy category broadly, is 32% higher from a year ago, uh, from 2021. And if you look at um, gas prices, so regular retail uh, gas prices, for example, if you you know, so the Biden administration will try to make it sound like it's a Putin tax because the the gas price is going up. No, it's a it's a Biden tax because when you look at when Biden took office and you look at it right before Russia invaded Ukraine, gas prices retail gas prices went up 48 percent over that period of time, massive increase. So all these high fuel prices have an impact on farmers, have an impact across the entire food supply chain. Because you better remember truckers and everybody throughout the supply chain. And also when you have kind of this Biden administration war on energy, including on natural gas, that also hurts. So that can expect a fertilizer because when you have higher natural gas price, natural gas is the key input into a nitrogen fertilizer, which is the main fertilizer used in the U.S. Therefore, if natural gas prices are going to go up, you're going to expect Nitrogen fertilizer prices to go up, and then fertilizer generally to go up, and therefore food prices to go up. And that's what we're saying. That's part of one of the, that's one of the key problems that that's uh, going on right now. 
Well, I want to step in and just mention that I just happened today. Found him over when I got my coffee. No, we actually planned to have Randy Thompson here with Thompson Gas. He's the owner of Thompson Gas and uh, some other businesses, which we'll speak of. But uh, relevant to what you're saying, uh, Randy's here. And Randy, do you have a comment about what he just shared on the increase in the gas prices and what you're seeing on uh, the propane side? Well, it's it's the uh, it's just the administ- current administration's uh, desire to rid us of fossil fuels entirely uh, and electrify everything on the planet, which is just a pipe dream. So, I mean, what Darren said is absolutely factual and um, it's reality. Right, right. Well, and we're going to talk with Randy after the break and once uh, Darren uh, goes on to his next gig. But so, Darren, when you look at the this impact on the farmers and... Um, You know, I can only imagine that, you know, if you look at the food, like, uh, distribution, I used to work in a business where I sold to supermarkets. We already know that their margins are really slim. You know, they, they work off of very slim margins. So when you look at the impact of this increase in costs and you look at I mean, it's it's really the economic wave outward is is stunning because the people are already we're talking about staffing issues, can't get people, whatever. And yet the food costs are going up, up, their gas costs are going up. They've got bills to pay. You know, these uh, the, the ramifications across the economy is a really a shockwave. Do you have any thoughts about that? And how do you tie that back to affecting policy change under the Biden regime? Yeah, you know, if, if you think about what happened during the, the peak of the pandemic, if the Trump administration tried to remove regulatory obstacles throughout the food supply chain, making it easier to get food produced and distributed to grocery stores and to ultimately to the consumers, to all of us. And what you're seeing in the Biden administration is that is the exact opposite. We're seeing new obstacles. We're seeing more regulations on farmers, greater unpredictability. You're seeing that in the energy sector. And I, I can't underestimate the importance of the energy side of things because energy is just so critical for every sector of the economy, including every aspect of the food supply chain. And you, you talked about... Uh, you briefly mentioned the labor shortages, um, and, and that is really having a huge impact in the food supply chain, especially on uh, restaurants and uh, grocery stores. Because, they, like you said, they're very small margins, uh, very competitive industries, very competitive industries, especially with restaurants. Um, and, and businesses are having a very hard time finding people and you probably notice like all these bonuses that these businesses are trying to offer people to get them to work and when you have policies federal policies that discourage work that we have vaccine mandates which also kind of just discourage work um it, it creates even more costs for for employers including in the people in the food supply and that again those costs get passed on to consumers so as as a policy matter, one thing is just as a big picture item is to think about how the government is increasing obstacles for businesses throughout 
food supply chain. And as we are dealing with really some very extremely unusual high food prices for all American families that are being crushed by these food prices, we need to take action and policymakers need to take action to examine those, identify those policies, including bad environmental regulations that make no sense, um, the attack on energy to make it impossible to actually produce energy and get it delivered and distributed, uh, making it more difficult for people to hire uh, employees. So across the spectrum. So what is the Heritage Foundation doing? Because, you know, you've already covered about three or four different disciplines or um, expertise. So I'm assuming that the foundation integrates these different policymakers such as yourself or advisors to look at how to impact this because it's spinning out of control. Yeah, one of the things about the Heritage Foundation is we do work on so many different issues and have experts across the board. And on an issue like uh, inflation, it's, it's one of those cross-cutting issues where we really do collaborate and get on the same page and, and really think through the problem and, and identifying some practical solutions. And, you know, I've done a lot of work in the, the food supply context. There are a lot of things that can be done in that space. For example, kind of, you know, the, the Biden administration has some new regulations that make it more difficult to uh, get permits for energy projects that, they're, that they've issued. Well, that type of stuff needs to be removed. Um, there's policies, there's something called the Conservation Reserve Program that the USDA has that, pay, that literally pays farmers not to farm. And the agriculture community has asked the USDA for basically to allow them to be able to plant crops on those, on what, much of which is prime farmland, so that they can grow additional crops on this land that they've been paid not to farm on. And the USDA recently decided they weren't going to grant like an exception, which makes no sense at this time to not allow the ability to grow more crops at a time when the food prices are so high. And we're also concerned about the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Okay, wait, before you go to Ukraine, before you go to Ukraine, I want to deal with it. Let's hold that for the next segment because we're going to take a break in a minute. But when you look at the increased uh, prices, it's not only increased prices, there is a reduction of supply. There is, um, you know, you've got shelves not full. And, you know, I was Googling. <laughs> I shouldn't even give them a mention. They don't deserve it. Anyway, I went to DuckDuckGo and I um, <clears throat> looked up the destruction of food and it brought up a reminder that back in 2020, back to your point of paying farmers not to farm, back in 2020, they were paying them to crush the eggs, dump the milk. Remember dump the milk? And what did Trump do? He created, actually, I think it was under Ivanka, they created a a program to capture that food and distribute it to um, food insecure uh, communities where they needed the food. I mean, this is the kind of policy we need. And I would say, and I'm going to leave us on this note, we're going to go to a break. It's absolutely intentional. This doesn't happen by accident. There's a strategy behind everything, and you're seeing it play out right now. And 
you heard it here. It's going to affect the quality of life, and it could get so bad as that people could die without the proper food they need. And, and, and it's happened in history. So it's not just Gen Gen making it up. You know, it happened in history back in the 20s and 30s and so forth. So we know that that's been a strategy in the past to bring people into compliance. So this is very, very serious to me, and I felt it was important to cover it. You're listening to Success Happens. We have with us today Darren Bax, who is a policy expert in the ag and environmental uh, areas from the Heritage Foundation. We appreciate their support, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Success Happens. I have with me today Darren Bax with Heritage Foundation. I also have in studio Randy Thompson, owner of Thompson Gas. And Randy, you started to say something uh, on the break, and I wanted the listeners to hear it. Could you um, uh, share a little bit more about what you were saying? The same thing applies in the energy business. Yeah, I was just, uh, and Darren, you'll appreciate this. Um, I was just saying to to Jen that uh, the same kind of uh, policies are happening in the energy uh, environment too where we we were a net exporter the biggest bigger than Saudi Arabia uh, of natural gas and and propane and all, all the all the fu- uh, fuels that we were producing and now we're starting to import again and and we've got all this capacity we we, we live on a continent that has more reserves of energy than any place on the planet earth and uh so i mean it, the same policies are affecting it and it's a it's a circle it's a circle of life right so the the not having energy you know fertilizers and things like all that goes hand in hand and uh, it affects everybody's daily expenses you know i had a boss one time who used to call it the ecosystem so if you think of it kind of what you're saying, that circle of life, it's an ecosystem. And when that ecosystem is off, uh, you know, really bad things happen. And we're in the middle of that right now, the ecosystem uh, in, in the interaction of food, energy, society, life is all out of whack. So, Darren, I know you have to go uh, shortly. Is there anything else you want to make sure you share with us about what's coming up in terms of policy and how can we engage our listeners to get involved with, frankly, their legislators in D.C. to affect these policy changes and support you guys in your in those efforts? Yeah, if you don't mind, I'd like to comment on that point about the energy real quick. Um, you know, I, this is kind of, if you just read things, just in even mainstream mainstream outlets, there's, there's just kind of this assumption that we are we somehow decided that we're going to shift our entire energy uh, production to away from fossil fuels, to conventional fuels, and we're going to go to completely electricity. Um, and it's like, when did we? When I don't remember hearing that vote. Um, when did we decide to do that? You know, if we want to take actions like that, policymakers want to do that. We need to recognize there's some huge costs involved, and what we're seeing is that we're seeing those costs. And what happens is when you make make it very difficult to have affordable and abundant energy, it's going to hurt us big time. And we need to recognize these major trade-offs. And unfortunately, some policymakers care about some things 
like climate change um, and other issues by simply more so than kind of the issues that are right in front of us, like being able to feed our families um, and just kind of be able to have a high standard of living and, and improving um, our lives. And as it relates to getting involved, look, at Her- I encourage people to visit our website at heritage.org. Uh, there's all kinds of ways to, to kind of learn what's going on. And also I encourage people to, a, a lot of the things that are happening are in the Biden administration and government agencies. And there's ways for the public to provide comments, to submit your thoughts to the government as to what they're proposing. Because what they're trying to do is doing a lot of things without congressional approval. They're just pushing very extreme policies that are questionable as to whether or not they're even authorized by law. So get involved uh, and have your voice heard. You know, Darren, that's brilliant what you just said, because I think people lose sight of something. And I'm not going to remember it, but you can maybe clarify. At the agency level, they have tremendous power. Like the EPA has tremendous power, and they can legislate without without a vote, back to what you said, through something called rules. Is that right? Yeah, it, and, you know, they'll, they'll claim they have authority from Congress, but it's, the truth is they, they push the, the envelope. It's very questionable whether or not they have the authority, and oftentimes they don't. And the Biden administration is definitely pushing it and doing things that maybe they just don't even have the authority to do. And unfortunately, courts are very deferential to agencies. So it's it's really important to kind of get your voice known at the, the agency to the agencies and let, let your legislators know how you feel one way or another. So about what's going on? Yeah. So we, we really should we'll we'll continue to um create that with the audience so that they're getting involved. I think that's brilliant because we don't think to go to our agencies. We think to go to our legislators. So that's really brilliant. Listen, Darren, it's great to have you with us. I would love to have you back. We really appreciate everything you're doing on behalf of our farmers and our people who have to eat every day and their families and so forth. So thank you so much. Keep up the good work and we'll look forward to having you back right here on Success Happens. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. All right. God bless. Take care. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Sweeties on the Creek. We're scooping now. Uh, Flamingo Pool Supply, Danovich and Associates, a great service uh, security company. And also a shout out to the Big Cork. <laughs> the Big Cork. Randy's got this and his lovely wife have a beautiful winery. And we'll talk about that when we get right back. We'll be right back. Free Talk, 930 WFMD. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and it's been a great show so far with this information about how we're impacted in the food supply. And, uh, you know, as, as we were talking about this ecosystem, it's so important to recognize that it's also integrated. You know, we tend to look at things in silos. Let me deal with energy. Then I'll deal with ag. Then I'll deal with – but they're so integrated. And uh, that, that I think this is interesting for people. I, was, I had this image, you know, as uh, Darren was talking about um, – this idea of the environmentalists and they want to go green and all of this stuff. And I'm thinking of these big tractors with a solar panel on top. You're like, how are they cutting down the wheat and collecting the soy with a solar panel? I mean, let's get real. So, you know, the idea that we've really um, relinquished control. I want to say one more thing and then Randy's got some comments. You know, 
it's important to recognize that Biden's policies and all those people he's surrounded himself with are bolstering up communism. And here's how it's happening. Their prices, the, the prices are jacked up right now. We're not energy self-sufficient, so we have to go out. Where did he go? Iran, Venezuela. So while, and look at Russia, the prices are so high, we're paying for their economic recovery. Think about that. They're making gazillions off of our paying these higher prices for gas that we could be getting in our own backyard. So I just want to make sure we kept that on our radar because this is definitely a strategy. So, Randy, comments from your your side of the house. Um, you mentioned the Propane Association and that you were the chairman a couple of years ago. Could you share a little bit about that organization? I think a lot of times when we're not in an industry, we don't know of these structures that are out there. So we have the, the National Propane Gas Association is based in Washington. Uh, I was the chairman, uh, was elected by my peers uh, from all across the country. And uh, there's also a, a lot of state associations, and we have we collaborate together. Um, everybody belongs to both the state and the national association. And um, we have legislative people that are in the face of legislators all the time, and we have people on the staff that are uh, in front of the regulators all the time. And um, I was just talking to Jen at the break that one of the things we do because of the number of customers that we have, uh, when I say we, I mean the whole national, you know, uh, propane um, industry, we have, you know, millions of customers. And we have a tool that we use to push out grassroots messages to regulators and to legislators that we were talking about that might be something that listeners would be interested in participating in on topics that are important. And it's it makes it simple to to communicate with your with your legislator or regulator. How would somebody sign up for that? Um, or does it come from the billing side probably by the propane company? Yeah, it, it, you, we, you would get it from uh, the company that you do business with. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, th- this is something also to think about uh, if you want to get activated – Let's say you don't use propane. Somebody may not have propane at their house. They could be all all electric, right? Don't know why they don't, but that's... <laughs> Go propane. But anyway, so back to uh, what you're seeing from your side. How is this Im- impacting your customers and your employees and your business when you look at the increased cost of, of propane and then all the effects of that across your customer base. Oh, my. Well, it, you know, if you remember two years ago um, uh, what the price of gasoline was, I mean, that's something that everybody can relate to because they go fill their car or truck up. We know what the prices were. They were uh, many times below $2 a gallon. And propane follows suit with that. It's, it's you know, produced similarly. And... Um, you know, folks were getting their gas bills this winter, this winter, and, you know, they were double what they were two years ago. I mean, it's it's real. Yeah, that comes out of your uh, disposable income, your ability to buy consumer products and consumer goods. It impacts, you know, non-food items, right? Just those luxury items that you wish you could buy for your kid or for yourself. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and, you know, and, and you know, what I can say 
very truthfully is, you know, at our company, we kept our margins the same. So it was literally just the raw cost of the, of, of the product that went up that much. And, um, you know, unfortunately, you have to pass that along to the consumer. And that's what's happening in the food market, too. And Thompson Gas is in many states. How, how large is your organization? So we're in 26 states, uh, and we are the uh, uh, sixth or seventh largest propane company in the United States. Wow, that's fantastic. Well, if you look at the, um, and I don't know how propane, he mentioned there's a tie to fertilizer. How the raw goods are used to um, help the farmers grow? Yeah, so propane uh, propane can do everything that natural gas can do. And, and as a matter of fact, it's a byproduct of natural gas and also crude oil when it's refined into gasoline. So we get it both ways. Um, and farmers use it for uh, – you can use it to uh, burn weeds in crop rows uh, so you don't have to use pesticides. Um, you can you can actually use it to uh, fuel buses. Well, that's not farming, but um, school buses. There are a lot of uh, Howard County, Maryland, as a matter of fact, they're they're converting all of their school buses over time to uh, propane powered fuel buses. And that's because it's a cleaner energy. Cleaner energy. It costs less per gallon to purchase, and the engines, because it's so clean, last so much longer than a diesel engine. Yeah, and diesel costs are, are high. Oh, and this is this is something that's this is scientifically proven. Kids, children that ride to school on a propane powered fuel bus, school bus, excuse me, do better in class. Wow. Than when they ride on a diesel bus. Now that is a fun fact. Why? It's because of the clean because of the how exhaust. the exhaust. Wow. I mean it's it, it that's amazing. We had a study done on that, and it, it I mean, yeah, it was amazing. So when you look at the um, – across the economy, across society, propane also um, affects so many things. My understanding is it, in the farming world, it also is how they power irrigation. Yes. Tell us about that. So uh, you have irrigation pumps. And you can you can power them with a uh, power them with a diesel engine or gasoline, but the farming community has found that propane is um, does it cleaner is less expensive. Uh, I mean, it's all about the dollar, you know, for the farming community. I mean, really, I mean, they of course they want to be clean, but you know, if it was twice as much money, I don't think it would have caught on as well. But um, the the beauty of propane that a lot of people don't know is that it's transported, it's a liquid. So it can be transported just like gasoline and diesel fuel, but it's it it really I can say this very definitively, it is the cleanest fuel on planet Earth. So when they use this strategy, they use this narrative to say that we shouldn't have propane, how do you reconcile that? Because they're trying to say we should do solar, which we already know, or wind, is not reliable. It's not efficient. We know what happened in Texas, you know, when they didn't have their, um, I guess their power grid went down, right? Mm -hmm. So 
you know, relying on these alternative sources, I can see them, again, integrating into the fuel supply so that you have a little of this and a little of that so that we make sure all our needs are met. You know, we don't have power rolling power outages like they do in California, right? So you got to have a little bit of this and that, but we know that propane is not as is far more reliable than wind and solar. So how do we reconcile that they're saying it's it's not a good thing? Well, I mean, this this notion just across the board to electrify everything, it it's as I said earlier, it's a pipe dream. And what I mean by that is um there's no way that we're going to be able to produce enough electricity on the grid with wind and solar. It's just it's it's impossible. It's impossible. And uh, what a lot of people don't know is that six uh, over sixty percent of the energy that's produced to make electricity is lost. Wait, say that again. I said over sixty percent of the energy that it takes to produce a kilowatt of electricity is lost at the generation plant and then as it's transmitted across the lines to come to your house or your business. Wow. That's a shocking statistic. I mean, that's huge. So when you look at this idea of zero impact, right, this notion of zero impact, when you're losing 60%, you can't get there. No, you have to use something else. You right. may, I mean, it... it and, and propane's an, an option. And you said earlier, Jen, about the grid outages in Texas and California. Guess who came to the rescue? And I'm tooting, I'm tooting the industry's horn. Yeah, we, people had generators and well, things like that right. at their home, and, right? And those things fired up, and you know they had they had electricity. We just put a generator in, and let me tell you something. If you're thinking about getting a generator, I ought to I ought to do a, an ad for Generac. Sell them some ad time. The uh, they have like a nine month backup for anything above a twenty two kilowatt, and so it is so jammed up right now trying to get generators. Um, and you know, if you have a small one, they have some risk factors associated with them as well, but they're more portable. But you should look into it because having a backup supply. To make sure that you can remain self-sufficient if indeed we have an issue. You know, they've talked about, we've talked about it right here on the show, EMPs, electromagnetic pulse that can destroy your your grid. Now, it can also take down your generator, so there's some issues there. But that's another show for another day. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Success Happens. I'd like to thank Randy Thompson for being here. He's the owner of uh, Thompson Gas, but he also owns with his lovely wife, Big Cork Wineries. And we'll talk about that when we get back. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen. We were just talking about, uh, you know, costs and things. And, you know, one of the things that obviously is impacted is the cost of going out to eat. And uh, my son and I just had dinner. We had a date night. It was a hundred bucks. I mean, for two people and he's 11. So, I mean, you know, it's, (laughs) these are serious um, changes that are happening. And unfortunately it's going to really impact our, our quality of life because for us, uh, 
you know, as a society, we enjoy that communing and sitting down and breaking bread together with friends and family. So, you know, all of this is um, is is very concerning. But I want to go to a happier note because I think we have an opportunity to kind of share some fun things that you guys do over at Big Cork. Um, first of all, Randy. You, I remember the story. You said, you know, you had this land. You tried to figure, you know, what do I want to do with it? And you decided to make it a winery. And that was how long ago? 2000 and, uh, 2010. 2010. So in 2010, you know, um, you know, and here it is. We were just there, what, a couple of weeks ago. It was lovely. I mean, it's just beautiful what you've done and the live music, which I always love. You know, it's it's hard to find live music anymore right now. So it's nice that you offer that. So tell us a little bit about the winery and how is it affected by everything we've been talking about? Before I do that, yeah, uh, some of the, the the statistics that I mentioned about propane. Oh, yeah, we were going to back you, to propane. You, you yeah, can, yeah. you can uh, any of the listeners can go to propane.com backslash environment, and there's a plethora of information there. Very good. Thank you for providing that. No, that's great. So, you know, obviously in the wine business, you're collecting grapes and processing and so forth. So how does all this tie into your other business? So... I mean, it's it's affected uh, the, the winery the, the winery uh, in that we have to fertilize, so fertilization that's gone up in price. Uh, we just bottled uh, the first part of April, and the bottle prices were up because of supply issues. Uh, the cork the cork prices are up. Um, you know, labor costs are up. I mean, it's it's across the board. It it's affecting every part of our life. So as a as a manufacturer as well as a retailer because you do both um what kind of um i guess increases are you seeing because you know i think sometimes we as consumers don't realize that all of this translates to the what we call the cost of goods mm-hmm. right the cost to manufacture something uh, or to purchase it like a, a business like mine where I'm buying wholesale and I'm reselling it at retail. So all of our costs have gone up tremendously and in, in the consumer products are, are as well. What kind of increases are you guys seeing from that standpoint in terms of retailing? Well, we've had to, um, because of the cost of, as I said, the cost of the bottles, the corks, um, the cost of labor, things like that. I mean, we've had to increase our our wine prices. Uh, yeah, not. I mean, not crazy, but yeah, it's it's got to go up. You got to. You, you, part of being in business is there's something called a profit, and we got to be able to be yeah. profitable to stay in business and to provide those jobs and make sure we keep our employees happy. Uh, you know, I remember. I was down at the beach, and uh, one of the restaurants I just love is um, Antipasti Italiano, and shout out to Fausto, who owns it. And, uh, you know, we were talking about the cost of labor. Now, Ocean City is a seasonal business, you know, uh, about seven, eight months out of the year. They thrive, and then there's some winter months where it's a little rough. And, um, but dishwashers are getting paid 25 bucks an hour down there right now. Because you can't find labor and you got to wash your dishes. I mean, so when you look at the cost to to uh, 
to businesses, it, it really becomes untenable that, uh, you know, so you're going to see businesses impacted and there are going to be some businesses that aren't going to be able to survive that you, we've already seen our first wave because of COVID. The second wave is coming, I predict. But, um, and it's very sad to me because I see business owners as a business owner, you know, we work hard to try and create uh, opportunities for ourselves, our families and the people we serve and, and, and the people we work with. So uh, we want to keep creating prosperity, and I, I, I'm concerned that we're losing that. What do you think? Well, it, it's, uh, it's, it is somewhat untenable. I mean, at the Vineyard, we, we pay our staff very well, and they, um, they earn tips in, in addition to their... And they're wonderful. Oh, my gosh. The gal who helped me, and I bought a, a three-pack of, of wines, and it was... They were fabulous. And you do the tastings. It was great. Yeah, I'm glad you had fun. Yeah, it was really fun. It, and it's a fun business. It's... Uh, I I mean, I certainly enjoy it a lot. I enjoy meeting really nice people, and uh, that's that's really one of the reasons I did it. I, I did it to, to preserve the land and to have fun and uh, meet wonderful people from all over really all over the world. I mean, we've had people from all over the world come there. And uh, we're really proud of this, but we were voted the eighth best tasting room in the United States by USA Today. Wow, that's exciting. Congratulations. And we didn't put ourselves in for it. Somebody else did. Isn't that great? Well, I can attest to it really is great. I haven't been to a lot of vineyards. I haven't even been to Sonoma yet, and I love wine. But, But... I love your tasting room. It's just a really nice space, and the people are lovely, and and your wines are awesome. Well, thank I, you. I like the Russian kiss. <laughs> so do it's a lot really, of us. It's so really good. That's a unique wine. We're the only it's, ones that have it. It's so. really good. Yeah. What's in it? Do oh, it's know? it's a it's it. Uh, the winemaker could tell you, but yeah. it doesn't even have a name. It's S K. 367-1 or something oh, like that. So f- oh, well, it's proprietary. Right, correct. <laughs> correct. We're keeping that one a secret. It's really good. So anyway, well, listen, it has been wonderful to, to talk with you today, Randy. It's always a pleasure to have you on Success Happens. And I and I hope and pray for all of us that we will we will come together and, and, and affect change because we have to stand up against the bad policies and strategies that are impacting us across the board because it is absolutely crystal clear to me. We've had attacks on the food supply in England, in France. We have over 20 here in U.S. in a fairly in, – in just in these four months of this year. So it is uh, – and, and, and Darren didn't have a chance to talk about uh, Ukraine, but I'll kind of fill in that. Um, we discussed it last week. But the wheat supply comes from Ukraine, like 40 percent or something. It's an enormous number. So we're going to see a big hit on those products. So I, I think at this point, the thing I would recommend everybody is be prepared. Be prepared. Have, you know, back supply of food. Don't run yourself so low that you don't have what you need to meet the needs of your family. And, um, and, and really going to have to plan ahead. This is one of those times, be a Girl Scout, be a Boy Scout, plan ahead. 
uh, and make sure that you're prepared for whatever's coming at us. So, Randy, uh, not to be in the doom and gloom, but, you know, when we look at the propane situation, first of all, thank you to your company and what you provide so many of us and um, and the information. And any other final thoughts about how we can navigate through? I mean, you're a business owner. You've been very successful. What would you suggest to the listeners? Well, as it pertains to wine, I'd stock up on that. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, as it pertains to energy, I mean, I would suggest to anybody who uses any kind of energy to um, talk to their supplier and um, lock in a price that you it, it works for you and, and go on some sort of a budget plan that's monthly where you spread your your bills out over the course of the year, that's that's always helpful so that you don't get a delivery in January uh, right after Christmas and it's, uh, you know, it's a big number uh, that you have to pay all at one time. Oh, uh, that's great advice. I, I mean, I truly mean that. I, I think that's makes energy purchases a lot more palatable for um for, for anybody who uses. Well, there you go. Great advice from Randy Thompson with Thompson Gas and owner of Big Cork Winery with your wife. And thank you so much to what you do for the community and for being here with us and talking about energy. And we'll be back next week. We're going to cover some election integrity issues, uh, maybe better called election fraud. Right here on Success Happens, blending business and politics. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great week.